Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Frank Zappa. Now from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. That's my guess. It's 2 Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, hour number two. Chris Chitavitsky, the head coach of the Montana women's soccer team, joined us, or we joined him, I guess is what we should say, yesterday, so we'll bring that interview to you. Now, if you missed anything in the first hour, check it out on the podcast. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. This is available all the time. It's there thanks to Blackfoot 
and Alpine Touch. Just rate, review, subscribe, listen to the podcast on your time, at your leisure, whenever you like it. You can also listen live on the stream, 1029ESPN.com, no matter where you are. You can check that thing out all the time, 4 to 6 Mountain for this show, but ESPN Radio, L- otherwise, anytime you'd like the stream, thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, we got a chance to go down and uh, see the man, the myth, the legend himself, Chris Chitovitsky, heading into his third season as the head coach of the Montana soccer team. Uh, and uh, Coach Chitovitsky, a guy that we really like and have gotten a chance to, to speak to on a number of occasions, and a guy who, to me, really works the craft of being a head coach and is is uh, endlessly trying to learn to develop as a coach and has done a great job. The Montana uh, soccer team uh, was conference regular season conference champions last year. and uh, Each uh, of the last two years, in fact. And yeah. they have not graduated. Uh, they did not graduate a player off of last year's team. They even picked up a transfer. So, again, expecting uh, big things out of this team. And, yeah, and first and foremost, they got Claire Howard back. Claire Howard, I think, I think gave up three or maybe four goals total during season, conference play. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, they Montana was 6-0-3, oh, undefeated in league play, three ties, but they were just winning games one nothing. Yeah. Because Claire Howard was so lights out. Um, so we uh, we talked with uh, with Coach Chitovitsky both about the forthcoming season, the new format for the season, specifically the how, how they're going to be crowning a, tra- a conference champion, and also, of course, the OL Reign, having a professional uh, women's soccer team in town practicing at their facility. So plenty of stuff to talk about. He was good enough to invite us over. We went all the way over to his office, so please enjoy our conversation with Montana head soccer coach Chris Chitovitsky. Well, Coulter and I are happy to be on campus at the University of Montana in the athletic department and in the office of third-year head soccer coach at the University of Montana, Chris Chitovitsky. And, Coach, thanks so much, first of all, for having us in here. We appreciate it, and we're happy to, uh, you know, have a little bit of time to fill with you here today. How are you? I'm very good. Excited to have you guys here. It's just nice to have people in the office other than just myself. I, I, uh, I'm sure that's true. It's certainly nice for us to be out of the office and somewhere else with a, with a person here. So this is cool. Excited about it. A lot to get to with you. Obviously, uh, uh, the craziness that has been the schedule shifting and trying to figure out how scheduling is going to happen for soccer and, and what it's going to look like come the fall. And we'll get into that and some, some pretty interesting decisions made for the Big Sky Conference for this coming year. But immediately, right now, uh, if there's a silver lining to all of that has gone on in the pandemic and all that, the University of Montana received an email a couple weeks ago that said, hey, we are looking for a space to practice, and oh, by the way, we're a professional women's soccer team from Tacoma, the uh, OL Reign, and turns out they are on campus now practicing at your facility. How, first of all, surprised were you about this, and, and how did this all come about? Yeah, first and foremost, I was sure it was a prank. So I'm, like, I, I, I'm not sure who this is or why they're sending it to me, but um, yeah, this happened last Tuesday, so nine days ago or whatever it was, eight, yeah. So we get that email and it's forwarded to me just saying, hey, could you please look into this for me because I've sent it to a couple people in the department for you. And yeah, within a few days, it was a done deal and they're here. So, and it's amazing how we put it together considering there are people getting furloughed, right? We're losing people in the department for the time being and yet Chuck's out there mowing. My assistant coach, Jay, is all of a sudden learning how to paint lines because he's got to do that. we got to put up all the windscreens, make sure everything is perfect and pristine for this professional team to come in, and here they are. 
What sort of compliment is that to the facility that you guys have? I mean, because you're talking about some of the greatest soccer players in the world that want to come use this facility. So, I mean, that must be a great compliment to your program and to this university that they want to train here. 100%. It goes back to Pearl Jam, right? Pearl Jam plays a concert. We get the money. We build a new field. And there it is. And because of that, now we have professional teams coming in and training here. And that's absolutely amazing. And before, I know the field wasn't up to par. So, for Kent... And everybody in this administration to say, yep, we're going to set aside this money to fix this field. It's been an issue for too long. And for it to pay off, not just with the way that we've been playing on it, because I tell them every day how much I love it. But now you have a professional team that when they looked, when they said, we need a new place other than Utah to do our preseason. Montana's open. Oh, wow, look at that. Pearl Jam. The first thing their associate GM said to me was, Pearl Jam played a concert. I read about that. And uh, I heard you guys got a new field. So it's, I'm sure, good enough for us. Do you mind if we come out? And that's how it all came about. You have had uh, a very young team, didn't graduate one senior off of that team. So I know you haven't had to do a ton of recruiting in terms of, of, of more people on your team. you got a couple transfers, which we'll get into as well. But obviously, recruiting is always something that's critical. It's the lifeblood of any college uh, athletics team. How big a deal will this be either now or in the future, you think, to be able to say, hey, Megan Rapino was on this field working with, you know, Allie Long and, and, and the OL Reign to do this. Yeah, it's huge. Absolutely massive. Uh, we, we always say that we have a nice field, that we have amazing facilities, but everybody's saying the same thing. But now I can also send a picture of Rain training here and just follow their social media and see what they have said about our facilities here. And that's just further proof. And we're going to be using it, yeah, for many years. Just on a broad note, though, I mean, women's soccer on the uh – national and global scale has maybe never been hotter. We talk about Megan Rapino being in Missoula. She's she's one of the most globally impactful and famous female athletes in the world right now, which is amazing. What sort of influence has that team, her specifically, but just the United States national team had on the on the women's game just in terms of visibility and what they've stood for these last couple of years? That's a good question. I did have somebody reach out to me right after the World Cup and just ask me that very question. Like, well, what has it done for your program having the U.S. be so successful? And for me, because this has been going on since 1999, pretty much for that group winning the World Cup and everything, um, so that was impactful for the U.S., but what this is doing globally, right? Look at Manchester United just added, added a women's team. Real Madrid have a women's team. Barcelona have a women's team. All the top men's clubs are now adding women's clubs as well all across the world, and it's because of the U.S.'s consistent dominance and growing the game and just pushing it and pushing it and pushing all those boundaries that everybody wants to add that now. University of Montana women's soccer coach Chris Chitavitsky joining us. And, Coach, I'm interested about the landscape of soccer in Montana, especially at the high school level uh, or maybe the U level, however it is, but it seems like you've gotten a lot of really good players in-state. And Coulter and I are always talking about what sports have the best in-state recruits, football, basketball, maybe not as much, track and field, certainly. What is what is women's soccer like uh, in the state of Montana when you talk about recruiting it to a Division One level where you certainly have to meet a threshold of talent and skill to play here? Yeah, I'll say this right off the bat. If we're going to recruit a Montana kid, it's because she's going to play. We don't want to be known as a program as bringing a Montana player in and then cutting her in two years' time. That's not going to happen. So look at Alexa Coyle. She's a four-year player and a starting center forward. Quinn Peacock is going to be a very impactful player. Josie Windauer, who we just signed, is going to be an impactful player. So every year we should be bringing in one or two players. And it's just making sure that when she comes in, she will thrive in this environment. right? And so that's what we're looking for. Being the only Division One team in the state of Montana, 
how much following and or fervor is there? I guess my question is how 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 much easier is it to recruit kids in the state who maybe still do have offers to go out of state but say, hey, come here, go, go to Missoula? Uh, I'd still say it's rather competitive because a, a lot of coaches in our area do a good job recruiting and they see players and they understand talent, but it's a little bit easier for us, yes, but do I still have to do a better job reaching out to everybody, getting to know everyone, getting to know the players, growing our camp set up? Um, what I've noticed with Rain showing up here and when they're posting things and the community, the Missoula community reaction to everything that they're posting and how they're showing up for everything, it just shows me there is even more passion for soccer here in this community that I haven't discovered yet. And that's my fault and I need to do a better job of it. And that's primarily what we're going to focus on here over the next year. One thing we've talked about with, with Brian Schwain as well as Lyle Weiss over at Montana State, the track coaches, is when it comes to men's sports, a lot of times some of the great track athletes, especially that come out of the state of Montana, but regionally as well, they might be a, a great track athlete, but then an okay football player, but have great potential in football, and they take that scholarship money in football instead. And so a lot of times some of the great track kids don't do track in college, they do football instead. Is there a sport that steals from soccer, or has soccer gained enough ground now, recruiting-wise, where girls are picking soccer over everything else? Yeah, I think we've gained enough ground where that's happening. Yeah, there, there isn't a lot of thievery, so to speak, <laughs> right, of, of us losing anybody, to be honest. It seems like um, we're the ones that are stealing from other sports right now, like Josie Windauer, who we've signed in, is coming in for 2020. She's good enough to run track. She's a great basketball player. She's all-conference in many things in high school, and yet she's chosen to specifically, and I gave her the option, would you like to do track as well here? Because I'm comfortable supporting you there, Josie said, no, my full focus is going to be soccer. That's what I wanted to do when I grew up, and that's what I'm doing here. I've never considered that, a dual-sport athlete with track and soccer. So you would be comfortable with girls doing both sports. Yeah, if if somebody's elite at something and is going to make an impact in both, why not? Yeah. It's interesting, too, because, I mean, like Whitney Morrison from his little big sky, she just signed with Coach Swain to, to run track. But she's a great soccer player, too, so maybe there's a little crossover there. But I had never considered that. How would that work then? So they, they would do track in the spring then? Is that what it would be? And then soccer in the fall? Yes. Yeah. And it's hard, of course. If you're What I'm finding with a lot of the Montana players is technically they're, they're a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. And so my spring and winter is purely catching you up technically, making sure that you're ready to go for your next season. And so having to sacrifice that, it would be trying to find a balance. But the people that we bring in are hard workers who just grind nonstop. So would it be possible? Yeah. Uh, speaking of the fall, we got a new schedule for basically all sports, it seems like, and in some way or fa- form or fashion. But it certainly is the case for soccer. But the good news is, is that things have sort of been set now for soccer. I think football is still sitting there with a lot of decisions yet to be made from a scheduling standpoint and what they're going to do. But the Big Sky Conference is pretty set up for soccer. Tell tell everybody what this new season this year in 2020 is going to look like. Yeah, so we have lost our postseason tournament. We're just going to have the regular season tournament, uh, regular season, that's it. So we're going to play our normal schedule. Nothing's changed about it. The only scary thing is potentially flying into Sacramento to play a game for us. But uh, regular season, and if you win the regular season, you go to the NCAA tournament. And the the give and take of this, again, a, a lot of these considerations, are some, some of it is duration, but some of it is also financial. And sort of the give and the take was 
instead of having a postseason tournament, a conference tournament, which would have been certainly great and fun. I know you build to that, but also you get to have the full regular season, which would have probably been truncated or shifted in some way. Maybe you don't get a true round robin, which would have also been a problem. And maybe we were talking before, maybe this is maybe even more reflective of getting the best team in the conference through because over the course of a regular season, that you know those best teams will rise to the top, right? Correct, 100% agree, and it happens every year. I mean, you'd have to talk to Joel to get the specific statistics, but the last time a number one seed won the conference tournament in soccer in the big sky, I don't know when it was, many, many years ago. It just doesn't happen. So because when it comes to the tournament, it's it's very different mentality, and it's a different thing altogether. Uh the season is also being moved up a little bit. It's going to happen a, uh, maybe a week or two sooner to try and try and be done by Thanksgiving. Is that right? Yes. Not fully sure exactly what's going to happen yet. i got to wait on all that to come down to me, but what I'm hearing is it's going to be bumped. When it comes to preparing now for the season, Phase 2 has just opened up. I know there's some athletes here doing voluntary workouts, uh, certainly football players lifting weights and that kind of thing, but you got to have uh you know a preparation to be ready to go for your season where do we stand with that coach uh i feel like we're in a good spot same as always to be honest if anything we're better off than we ever have been because everything that we do is on the field and there's a lot of culture stuff done on the side but all of a sudden when you remove the field it really forced us to think out of the box in terms of all right how do we make them better at watching film how can I help you analyze the game better and understand it better? So we came up with a ton of cool things for Zoom. Um, and I feel like right now we're in a better spot than we would have been if we had a regular spring. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Chris Chitavisky joining us, head coach of the Montana women's soccer team. When it comes to analyzing film, soccer is, I guess, maybe most like basketball in terms of the fluidity of it, the up-and-down nature, but basketball still has a ton of stops, timeouts, fouls, resets, taking the ball out of bounds, all that kind of stuff. Soccer truly could not stop for 45 minutes or whatever it is for for a half. So it's so much about instinct, it seems like, and, and when you talk about the knowledge of the game, how do you coach kids to know what to do when there isn't a moment to stop and reset everything and now we go forward um, you need to be a good coach so there, there is a lot of pattern play involved in soccer so you try to lay out a message and a vision of the way that we want to play and solutions to problems that come up as much as you can in practice but what I'm finding is a lot of young females don't watch the game enough so they can't there, there should be a base that you come into college with where I understand it I know these basic things about the game and I know how to solve these problems. And so what we're finding is a lot of players don't understand that. And so we had to train them in that through our Zoom calls. So it would be we watched U.S. Women's National Team for two weeks. So there was one game that they had to break down, and not an entire game, but this is your position as a forward, Alexa. I want you to watch this person play in this game, and you're going to analyze all of her movements and answer some certain questions for us. 
And so they would analyze U.S., they would analyze the U.S., they'd analyze a high-level college team week three, and then they'd analyze themselves week four. And to see the difference between, I've learned this, this, this is so cool, this is so cool, now watch yourself. And then Lex is looking at that and being like, what am I doing half the time? Like, why am I running into these spaces? I feel like I'm making the wrong runs. And it's all stuff we've been saying to her, but it doesn't click until you see yourself doing it. And unless you have the knowledge base in place to do it yourself, now she can autocorrect. And Alexa Coyle is going to be a lot better now than she ever has been because we went through that process. I had a golf video once taken of me. It was the most disappointing thing I've ever seen. I was just like, I better shut up about Barkley. That's just a god-awful looking swing. How do you balance, though, structure and training with improvisation? Because improvisation is one of the great, beautiful parts of the game of soccer, right? Yeah, it is a player's game. And so the way I was talking about it with my assistant coaches of we do want to have patterns and certain things in place, but it would be, if I would just, we're going to describe it to them this way. We'll say, you're sitting at your house, and I need you to get to school, and I'm going to show you a map. And there are four different roads you can take. You can take this one, that one, that one. It's your choice. I'm going to teach you all four roads, and you, in the moment, will get to decide which one you want to take. And that's what you're doing in soccer, is we want decision-based players, people who can make it and improvise and do what they want to do in the moment, but they have to be taught to see certain things. And then in that moment, you get to decide what you want to do. I realize you're talking to us who don't have a great soccer foundation from a technical standpoint of it, though we, you know, watch it, World Cup, Bundesliga, we're watching it now for sure, you know, what's going on, what's going on. But um, for us and for the audience who maybe doesn't, you know, isn't as ingrained certainly in soccer from a, a, a technique standpoint, give us, give me the one thing that you said, you know, sometimes they haven't watched enough to understand maybe a, a particular thing. Give me a very specific, like, this is something that you should know if you're coming out of high school and you're wanting to play Division One soccer that often kids don't know in Montana. Oh, uh, I got a ton. My, my favorite one now, and this is one that I myself being an avid learner all the time, and I watched the detailed series with Kobe Bryant. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. the way that he broke, and I know why, how he des- why he designed the series. It was to educate the younger players so that they can be better when they get older. It educated me. To a point, I watched this months ago, and I was, I'm hooked on this. I need to start being as detailed as Kobe is breaking down our own film. And I started picking up on little details myself. And one of them is, when it comes to shooting, I can dribble beyond you to shoot, or what we call here is I can open a window. So all I have to do is push the ball beside you far enough out of your reach where you can block my shot. And a lot of players come in, a lot of forwards operate, and wingers who try to cross the ball. I have to dribble beyond you, and then I have to cross. And all they have to realize is if you open the window and you just change the angle of the ball to where the defender can't reach it, now you can execute your skill. And all of a sudden, you've opened up so many more options. And again, Alexa and Emma and everybody who has learned this stuff, they're so much more efficient. And Claire Howard's coming out of practice saying, I hate it because everyone's scoring goals, and I can't stop it half the time because she's not expecting the shots because they've learned how to open a window now as opposed to just dribble beyond someone to score. And that's a big technical thing that most kids do not understand. And it's easy to teach, to be honest. It takes about one hour to show somebody, walk them through it, and then the game changes completely. Do you analyze the, the personality uh, of a player when it comes to creativity when you're, when you're recruiting them? Because it seems – I love the parallels between basketball and soccer. Some of the best basketball players are the guys that just naturally are creative, and it seems it's very similar in soccer as well. So, do you, I mean, do you analyze that? Yes, we do. Um, you want to find players who can – again, they, I can give you all these options, but they can see options themselves and just create things out of nothing. And especially if you are Montana 
and teams because you start winning teams are defending deeper and deeper against you now you've got to break down a low block as it's called a team that's packed in and you need players who are intricate and can solve a solution in a very tiny space very quickly and make it happen and we got somebody coming in next year who is just phenomenal at doing that out of california we're in the office i would suggest just like maybe another desk or something because we got rings trophies banners they're just strewn about this room right here all over the place regular season champs conference champs championship rings that's right on the microwave behind me so uh it's been a very successful program and uh, and you've been very successful in your first two years congratulations on that and continued success coach thanks so much for having us thank you guys appreciate it chris Davitsky. Appreciate him taking the time out and joining us. It was uh, great fun to talk to him. Always good to go down there and uh, and see him. And uh, a guy who's pretty happy, man, being in in Missoula, uh, coaching soccer, and uh, and feels like he's got a lot of out there in front of him. I mean, like you said, already two conference championships, and now this year without a conference tournament. If you are the best team, it actually increases your odds, it seems like to me, of going out there and, and turning out to to, uh, to get that invite to the NC2A tournament. I mean, last year Montana was the best team in the Big Sky Conference, and they did not advance to the NCAA tournament because they lost in uh, what amounted to a multiple overtime match mm-hmm. with Northern Colorado, where Northern Colorado finally scored after they'd been playing for more than 100 minutes. And it's, you know, it's one of those deals. That's soccer in a nutshell, but also... Montana should have been the team to represent the Big Sky. I mean, should have, could have, would have, right? I mean, you didn't win the match, but Montana was the best team. It was just unfortunate for them that they lost in such heartbreaking fashion. It literally the matter of seconds, and it was their first defeat in months, and so it was sort of a deflating way for it for it to all end. It it. We talked with with uh, Chris about this ahead of time, and we've talked about this sort of portion of it, but. Soccer is the sport, the sport, the sport where you have the greatest chance of losing, even though you're better. Especially if you make a mistake early, if you just if you just let a run go through, and all of a sudden somebody makes a great kick into the corner of the net, and you're down one nothing. A goal, eight you mean? minutes in. I know, but like, I mean, say you just sneak <laughs> one and pass the elite goaltender, no, right, 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 and th- and it's only eight minutes in the match. Then the, the other team can just. They can completely take you out of any and everything that you want to do. It, it 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 is that sort of thing. But here's the thing that I want to ascertain because I think that in America that turns a lot of people off. Like America, you know, wants the best team to be the best team. Usually, an upset is great. An upset is great. But an upset, I think, is we you know, is, is people define it is the better team still won. It was just a team that you thought wasn't going to be as good, but they were better on that day. Right. In soccer, a team can, in fact, be better in, like, every regard. Ball control, time possessed, you know, the area of the field, shots on goal, and still lose. And so that is something that I think you sit there and go. But I also think that there's a lot of people, that's the beauty of it, or one of the beauties of it is this, is this, you never know how something's going to go because because it's low scoring, generally speaking, and because, like you said, all it takes is this one. That's one great moment. This one great play. A you know, sort of like in hockey, obviously, right? A weird bounce. A ball goes you know funny, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you have this. I am I am always amazed in a sport that has less 
scoring than most of the other sports that we any of the other sports really that 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 are big sports at how many weird goals are still yeah, there right like you would think that if it, if it's going to be this low scoring all the goals or many of the goals are going to be your traditional you know corner kick set piece whatever it might be great you know uh, you know offensive set and in for a goal and yet regularly it's a mishandle defensively and all of a sudden it goes you know what whatever it might be i mean these are those are the things that have happened and i have been must say watching quite a bit more soccer in the last month it's it's been it's been fun to watch soccer to watch sports at all but to watch soccer with no fans in there and right. listen to the constant communication that is happening i'm telling you man when 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 basketball resumes it is going to be remarkable to hear what we hear i'm really interested about this not just from the the trash talking standpoint but from the you know alignment standpoint of telling guys where to go because that all gets flooded out by just the 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 the, the ambient noise to say nothing, of course, of the cheering and the big noise that happens when it's there. I think that's going to be great. Coulter, if you if you could watch one uh, 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 soccer match right now, do you have do you have a team or a league that you're sitting there going, this is the thing that I want to see? Well, I mean, the European Premier League is is awesome with some of the stars the English, that they the have. Premier or the English Premier League, League excuse me, the EPL. I mean, it's um, some of the stars. I mean, I would love to watch a little you know, Real Madrid versus Barcelona or something. I mean, the, the two Spanish teams. The most. So, what is that? La Liga. I'm trying to think. I think La Liga. Yeah, Serie A. Bundes is what's is the ter- Italian. What's, What's the tur- What's the tournament German. where some of the European Premier League right, teams right. Like and the, the UEFA Liga? Championships or something? That's like what that. I want to yeah, watch. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'd want to watch. Yeah, where they have all all the best. It's not a national event. It's the professional teams playing basically a continent wide type of tournament. Right. Yeah. Now I'm with you on that. Here's one thing I don't understand: is like, what do they talk about leasing and trading players? And when I say I don't understand it, I mean that. Like, I'm not saying I don't know why they do it. I'm saying I literally do not get. What does it mean to lease a player? You can like rent Ronaldo for like six months or something like that, and then he goes back. This makes no sense to me. Like how, like if a guy's with a team, I know you can be bought, you know, whatever from a team. It amounts to a trade or free agency or whatever. The crazy thing about soccer in Europe is you're actually changing leagues sometimes. You're right. not just going to a different team or going to a whole different, you know, deal. But the you can lease a player. Why would you want to rent a player if you want him? Don't you just want him on your team? You get him for four games, and then what? You're not as good when he's gone. That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. You're going to get a player. You keep a player. You know what I mean? Fork out the money and get him into your program. That's it. Lease. One of the things that's uh, such a non-American thing. I literally have no idea that what they do. a player. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that's so different from American sports too is the the fluctuation of the leagues. Like if you're bad, you're just out of the league. Yeah, the relegation. Like you cannot tank because if you're going to get bumped down a level, and right. two two teams are going to get added. Yeah, like, he, Bill Simmons decided once upon a time for whatever reason that he's a Tottenham Spurs fan, and they've just been they've been like that team that's just been on the brink. Sometimes they're in, sometimes they're out, and they fluctuate going back and forth. It's such an interesting dynamic, but. We wouldn't have a lot of uh, Philadelphia 76ers tankapaloozas if you were just uh, relegated to the G League. Hey, that is a fact. Well, what, what we talked to Michael Ogine 
who is in here. He's going to play in France. That's the exact system that the French uh, uh, Professional Basketball League uses as well. I think there's some, I think there's some validity to it. Uh, okay, quick break on the other side. How about this? Cade Cutler, Flint Creek High School football player. You know, go play ball at Montana State. We'll talk to him live right after this. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top of mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a thousand of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Well, it is fitting this week that we round out the week with uh, another high schooler who's committed to play football in state. I believe this makes four. It is to tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, if you would like to uh, find us on uh, Twitter, at Gus Tutel, at 1029 at ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT, and at 1029 ESPN. Uh, if you uh, would like to listen live, you can do it on uh, the uh, website, 1029ESPN.com. You listen live all the time. The stream brought to us by our friends at Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Man, Opportunity Bank hooking it up with that stream. That That's a... That is a viable thing to go ahead and uh, check out. Tommy's show. got it ripping and roaring right now, too. Got some new technology. Everything around here is getting upgraded. Even the doors are getting upgraded. Even my sister in Africa can listen if to only us. I could get an upgraded co-host. Man, no chance. It's actually not. It's 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 so far from the truth. You're the one that needs an upgrade. Diminishing returns on this thing. Uh, we go now to the Regich Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in. A uh, Flint Creek high schooler playing football over there, committing to go to the Montana State Bobcats as an athlete, which makes sense because that's what you got to be to play football, if uh, if I understand it correctly. Cade Cutler joining us. Cade, thanks so much for being here, man. How are you doing? Cade, do we have you there? I'm I'm there. on, guys. There hey, we there go. You Rock go. and up, roll, Cade? buddy. So you say, yeah, I heard you even in the back. You doing well though? Yeah, I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing great. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks for taking the time out. Let's talk about Flint Creek a little bit, the co-op here, because you kind of, you know, it used to be two different teams, and now it's one team, but it's been a great team and a dominant football team. Uh, state champions a couple years ago, obviously playoff teams go to the state uh, uh, playoffs last year, quarterfinals. Why has Flint Creek been so successful on the football field? Um. I'd say first off, it starts with our community. Very, very supporting community. 
And then after that, it goes to the school boards and then the coaches. And then finally, the parents and the players. Um, all the, Everything that us players do, we couldn't do without all those people that are above us. And they make it happen. And we just go play football. Kate, hey, Coulter Nuanas, thanks so much for communicating with me. And thanks so much for jumping on. You're from the Phillipsburg side of the co-op, right? Yes, sir. So Drummond had such great tradition when uh, Coach Oberweiser was there. Some of those mid-2000s teams with guys like Chase Reynolds and uh, Alex Verlanik, Cody Alt, those guys, I mean, those those teams were just beating people down. It was 50 to nothing every single week, it seemed like. When you guys first went co-op, though, what was that like? Because Phillipsburg's had some some good talent in the past as well. I know sometimes even people kids went and played uh, for Drummond, but when the co-op first happened, what was it like kind of meshing with the town down the road, and how have you guys been able to make it work so well? So I was only in grade school when it first happened. And, but, so what we do for practice-wise is we do one week in Peaberg, one week in Drummond. It, it goes really smoothly, and really, honestly, it, it, it's a great, great co-op. Very, very good. Not a bad drive, right? I mean, that's one of the most beautiful oh, parts of the entire of state here. of Montana from Drummond to Phillipsburg is awesome. It's 27 miles from the city center of Peaberg to Drummond. And that is 20, 27 exactly. 27 of God's best miles. There's no That's doubt right. about that. Now, here's what I got to know, Cade. Uh, uh, Cade Cutler joining us from Flint Creek uh, football team from Phillipsburg going to play football at Montana State. The, uh, the main street there in Phillipsburg, you got a confectory, you got yourself a smokehouse, you got yourself kind of a throwback, like uh, a soda fountain, old-timey kind of burger joint in there. Of course, you got the brewery at the end of the block. I mean, Phillipsburg's got it going on. How many, How many? what are you, are you getting, jewels out of the ground at Phillipsburg? You're mining for, you know, ore and all this kind of stuff. I mean, how, what kind of town, this is a great town, Phillipsburg, huh? It, it is. It's, I'm lucky to have the town I do for a Class C kid. It's, especially in the summertime, it's a lot of fun. I don't spend a ton of time downtown because I'm a, I'm a ranch kid and I work on the ranch, but Phillipsburg's definitely an awesome place to be in the summer. You know, of course, of course, I would be the one who's like, did you go to the candy shop? He's like, well, <laughs> no, I'm trying to earn a living. Thanks. <laughs> I love it when we were texting. I, I go down there a couple times a year. There you yeah. go. Okay. Well, when we were texting the other day, you said you were working. So you, is that where you're doing? You're working on the ranch this summer? Yeah, I, I work on the ranch full time for my mom and my uncle. That's awesome. Okay. Well, one thing that, uh, that Jeff Choate and I have talked about is so often in Montana, ranch kids, they transition pretty easily in certain elements to Division One football because so much of Division One football is time management. And a lot of times, quite honestly, learn how to get up early. But you've probably been waking up early your whole life. Yeah, I've I've been getting up at six, so I wake up at six, go lift, get to work at eight, and go till five. Got a day. I have to do, wake up tomorrow at six to go golfing, workout. and I don't even want to do that to golf. <laughs> say nothing to going to lift. Here, I, I want to know this, Kate. I mean, obviously, there's so many different jobs that you that, that there are to get done on a ranch. You know, any kind of uh, you know ranch, working ranch that you have, and I'm sure that you do many of those. But in general, like, take us through a day when you're out there, when you're working. What what is it that you need to get done uh, to uh, to make this thing go with your mom and your uncle? Honestly, it changes. So the first few weeks of June, I'm always fixing fence. I'll fix, depending on how good the fence is, I'll fix six or seven miles of fence a day. And then once we get towards the end of June, I'll do some handyman mechanic work on 
tractors and stuff getting ready for haying season and work on water pumps and stuff for our, our cows up in the mountains. I'll do, I'll be in the garage for the last couple of weeks of June. And then once July rolls around, I'll be sitting in a tractor haying for a couple of weeks. How many, uh, how many acres are we talking about? What's, what's the size of the ranch you're working on? Well, we run about 650 cows. And I think we're just over 12,000 acres, I believe, in total. My goodness. That seems like enough. You know, 12,000 acres for 650 <laughs> head. But you're also haying, too. So you got, I mean, you got a whole bunch of stuff going on over there. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Well, Sox and football, tell us about the Montana State side of this. I know that they, uh, they invited you to the junior day and all that. When, but when did they first start recruiting you? And uh, what were some of the key factors that helped you fall in love with the Bobcats want to commit here uh, in the last couple of weeks? Well, so the first time I really got in front of them was at the eight-man team football camp that MSU has every year, except for this year because of the virus, obviously. And that's the first time I really got to meet all the guys and be around them and that type of stuff. And then I got, as a recruit, I went to a couple of the games last summer, or last fall, went to the Gold Rush game and a couple others, and then the first playoff game that they had there after the first come by. And then um, Coach B.J. Robinson came to Granite High School in January with an offer from the Bobcats and Jeff Cho, and one of the most exciting days of my life, I'll never forget that. Honestly, what made me fall in love with the Bobcats is just the, the atmosphere. You know, it's guys like me, a bunch of ranch kids, it's a lot of fun. Park, partial egg school, um, the family, net, just the whole thing, the whole works. Uh, feels like not just a football team, but a family, and I wanted to be a part of it. Well, Cade, that's awesome. When you talk about, uh, by the way, uh, Cade Cutler joining us, going to play football for Montana State, when you talk about what you're going to do. I mean, you're a guy who's fast, strong, not super big, but but uh, very diverse in your skill set, what you can do. What what was your conversation like with Jeff Cho and maybe some of the other coaching staff on what where they see you playing and what you might do? Um, I believe I'm going to start off with Coach Beal at the running back spot and go from there. And one of the things I love about them is Jeff Cho, there's no box around you, you know. I'll fit wherever I need to, and they'll put me where I'm best at. I'm not locked in at running back. I'm not locked in at safety. But they're start. They're going to try me at running back at first. Well, your commitment was part of a quite a run that continued again today with Paul Brock from Billings West committing. But you've had five Montana kids in less than two weeks commit to Montana State. Six overall. We've had five of you guys on this show just this week because it's been such a haul. Did that have any any influence on you, the fact that other guys from around the state, especially a couple small school guys, too, that, that committed to the Cats? Um, partially, but no, not necessarily. Um, the two guys that committed before me was Eli Reynolds from Red Lodge and Eli A.B. from Laurel. And those are the two guys that were before me and followed closely by Jason Fitzgerald the day after me, I believe. Um, but honestly... If they weren't committed, I still would have committed. You know, it just it felt right that day, Memorial Day weekend on that Friday. It felt right to commit, and I pulled the trigger and did what I felt was right. 
Well, Cade, man, we appreciate you being with us. We uh, will let you get back to it on the ranch. We know you got a bunch of stuff to get done here in the summer, and we'll look forward to tracking you through the rest of your time there at Flint Creek and then onward at, uh, at Montana State as well, okay? Thank you, man. Thank you. Cade Cutler. The ranch kids, man, they just can't miss. Can't miss. It's true, man. It's because they don't spend all the time playing video games on their phones. Oh, boy, you are such an old man. We wrap up the week next. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Reese doesn't even think you're funny anymore, dude. Reese. Bro, I'm never not funny. <laughs> if you missed anything in the show, check it out on the podcast. Nailing artist after artist on the comebacks all day long. Uh, you go ahead and uh, check us out on the podcast anytime, anywhere you'd like to. We're on all the podcasting platforms. You can go listen at your leisure on your time. The Two Tell Nuanas podcast, rate, review, subscribe. It is available thanks to Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. The weekend is here, and I am so pumped to get out in the yard and pick up all that dog poop. Right, Coulter? Hey, buddy. Uh, yeah, maybe not. See, this is how we know you're not listening because you just agreed to picking up poop. You I know. No, I just know that you will uh, probably not have a pet for quite some time yeah. as the um, the morning continues, the flopsy, as well as, uh, I mean, I want you to take this in the absolute best way. You're one of the least dog guys I ever met. Now, first of all, that's not true. It I, is so I am, true. I love dogs. I'm one of the least pet people. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so, there are so many harsh things I would say that would just completely ostracize all our listeners, but I'm not going to. Well, don't. I yeah. think I think saying me telling you you're one of the least pet people I've ever met is one of the great compliments I could ever I, give I'm, you. I'm thrilled about it, but you know what? Me not, not being a pet person is not for lack of a love of pets. Ironically, I really love, particularly dogs. I always grew up with dogs. It's uh, you know, it's just more my uh, my freedom and my wallet that I'm concerned with, and maybe that makes me a bad person. Well, and that you don't need inanimate objects but to talk to. You also, have children. Yeah, exactly. But the children need inanimate <laughs> objects, and they're not inanimate. They're big damn animals. You know, for well, guys, kind of an animal. So that's it, exactly. I mean. <laughs> but anyway, my point in all of this is to say that. I would say the likelihood that I end up with a pet at some point once again in my life is very high. And the day that oh, I right. do, the day that I do, I will call the Montana Pooper Scoopers because I want nothing to do 
with that particular job. One other reason that sort of maybe prevents me, but maybe this removes that hurdle. You go online, MontanaPooperScoopers.com. They have weekly or one-time pick, dog pick waste removal for businesses and for families whether you've got three great danes or just one chihuahua montana pooper scoopers is up for the job put down the bag and pick up the phone or get on the uh the internet montana and enjoy your fr- extra free time right now mention this ad get 25 dollars off your initial services how you doing over there coulter uh this is actually pretty cool One of the things that's really prevalent across the state of Montana in a lot of different areas is a lot of different, I guess, professions is there's a lot of people that are, um, I don't know. I mean, we both agree this is one of the great places in the world to live. And so if you get a chance to do what you want to do, no matter what your salary or how it ranks in the, on the national scale, we sacrifice a lot. I mean, we 421st market in America or whatever. Right. I mean, it's all good though. It's, but it's across the board. We have, Doctors that could be doing medicine and in giant metropolitan areas, but they, you know, they make one third the money to live here because it's worth that much, you know, to be able to go float the river and go hike the mountain. Uh, But one place that I've always thought that maybe there's a higher proliferation of elite people in their profession that maybe don't get enough credit outside of the little communities they work in is coaches, Mm. particularly in basketball. And, this is pretty cool. This uh, relatively new company called Silver Waves Media, they uh, have started putting out some lists. And uh, Chris Cobb from the University of Montana, as well as um, Dan Russell from Montana State, they were both named two of the most impactful mid-major assistant coaches in the country, mm-hmm. two of the 50 most by Silver Waves Media. It's a cool yeah. honor for both of them. We'll, uh, we're actually working on uh, getting both those guys on the show probably sometime next week. That'll be fun. But then they just did... 50 most impactful men's basketball head coaches, period. Not mid-major, not small school, just 50 most head, most impactful men's basketball head coaches. Steve Carroll, Keller from Providence College up in Great Falls landed on the list. Wow. Everybody's followed sports in Montana. Steve Keller is, is a legend. Steve Keller was lights out at Helena High. He was, he was during the era when boys and girls basketball were at different times. So he was coaching Coach both, both. Yep. and they were awesome always. But then he went to Montana Western, and he built literally a dynasty. I mean, they went to the Final Four a couple times. At the peak of it, I mean, Brandon, I mean, Brandon Brown, who was a first-team NAI All-American two years in a row, I thought his senior year he was the best guard in the state of Montana. Okay. And that's with guys that were – I mean, th- this is when Walter Wright was playing at, Mont- at the University of Montana. I mean, right. you had really good players, and so Keller was so good at recruiting – Recruiting, even even at the Frontier Conference level, you're going to have to go out of state to get some guys. Recruiting kids to Dillon, Montana is so hard because you don't have an airport even close to where you're at. So you're, even having, you're having to get guys to drive there, or if they're flying, you got to go pick them up in Bozeman, which is what, two a two-hour drive? I mean, you're hour 45? I mean, yeah, you're a ways away a from Bozeman or Butte. And so Keller took the Providence job. So they could have uh, better access to an airport to recruit better, but either way, Steve Keller is an awesome, awesome coach. One of the most intense coaches I've ever seen. And University of Great Falls, which is now the University of Providence, they were a non-factor in frontier in Frontier Conference men's basketball. It's been Western Tech, Carroll, even Rocky some years. Providence not a factor. In year two last year, he went twenty-eight and four. So. He's got it rolling already. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's a testament to his prowess and his ability as a head coach. But if you talk about old school coaches, I mean 
I, I think that Steve Keller's worn out more referees in the state of Montana than any <laughs> any coach that there that has roamed the sidelines in the last twenty years. But great for Coach Keller because he's a dude. He he is a phenomenal basketball coach. He's a guy that if you wanted to chase that carrot. He could take it as high as he wanted, but he's made his home in Montana, and I think people in Montana should be very proud of Steve Keller. Stu Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. A um, couple of things here quickly to go through. First of all, this was uh, uh, this is impressive. Michael Jordan and the Jordan brand, so both the company and the, the individual, are combining to pledge $100 million, uh, $100 million to organizations nationwide that, quote, are dedicated to ensuring racial equality, social justice, and greater access to education, end quote. Um, and so that's that's obviously a major, major uh, a pledge and undertaking over the course of the next 10 years is, uh, is what that said. But certainly when you start to talk about, you know, those kind of numbers and especially that guy who maybe one of the things that he was criticized for during his playing career was not being, uh, you know, Involved in in as uh, you know out in front in such uh, personal ways with some of the you know political process, social issues, and so on and so forth. Uh, we saw it in in the documentary and some of the stuff that came with it, but that certainly uh, would could be considered involved at a hundred million dollars. The other thing is, uh, Coulter, you and I are going golfing tomorrow. Uh, we are expecting the weather just somehow to hold off for us uh, one way or another. Ain't but, happening. 90% chance of rain. Yeah. In any case, uh, that's not what's important. What's important is our good friend, Ben Weinman, from over there at ABC Fox. He's on the news desk uh, and and one of the old-timers, man. Good, good dudes out there in the world, Ben Weinman. Uh, we are uh, taking him out. On a, on a little bit of a, you know, everything's had to be adjusted. He was supposed to be in like Coeur d'Alene, Spokane this weekend for his actual bachelor party because our man is taking the dive. He's getting married this summer. Yep. And uh, and so rather than traveling and trying to bring people in from different places, he said, "Well, I guess I'm stuck with you." Uh, so hopefully we will be a nice B team. But uh, the the three of us, along with Sean Rainey, gonna go out there, and I'm pumped, man. And I wanted to pump publicly say congratulations to uh, my friends Ben and Ashley on their uh, you know pending um, uh, you know vows and perhaps tomorrow you know we can find a way to deal with the rain and the early hours and enjoy ourselves and uh, and and treat our our good friend Ben with uh, with a little bit of love I'm can't looking wait forward can't to wait it. to play a little bit of golf uh, about 100 miles what east of here yeah, we're going to Anaconda, right? Yeah, yeah it's going to be uh, going to be just right. So we'll look forward to that. Boys and girls, have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Stay safe. Stay warm, if at all possible. I'll do my best to do just that. Coulter, multiple pairs of socks. That's going to be my advice to you for tomorrow. Oh, I'm bringing two pairs of shorts, one pants, all right. two shirts, two pairs of socks, all of it. Have a great weekend, Stutel Nuana. See you Monday. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.